Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. Hey, what's up, Bar listeners? Before we get into this episode, want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by AGTV. That's right. The people that made the American Gospel documentary has come up with a streaming service app. It's pretty much like Netflix for solid biblical content. Go to watch AGTV. Use the code BAR, the number one, to get 10% off the monthly rate. AGTV is so awesome. They also have our very own Just Thinking podcast on there. So you want to make sure you go to watchagtv.com. Use the code BAR, the number one, for 10% off. To the bar, come on and pull up a seat and open up your Bible. What a wonderful feast! The living bread, and we're discussing what it means for the streets, the inner cities, and the burbs, and every person we meet. This is where we challenge worldviews that we hear from world news. In light of the scripture, we are here to serve you. We're your source for resources to help you on your way as you battle mean forces. This is for the people who can see the importance of sound theology and the scripture that support it. And this is for the truth lovers, biblically reforming, preaching Christ to the nations. Yeah, welcome to the modern reformation. Yeah, the bar, biblical and reformed. Welcome everybody to the bar. It's your boy Dwayne in the building. Right back in here, another Tuesday. Super excited as always to be coming through your speakers, through your earbuds, where you listen to the bar. We're grateful that you're listening. And like I start every show, got to shout out the listeners, man. Appreciate you guys listening to The Bar, your favorite podcast. Appreciate you guys sharing it. Shout out to those that are letting people know about The Bar podcast. Uh, we're three years in it. March of uh, 2020, we'll be going into three years. And uh, we're, we're just excited what God is doing and, uh, and, and, and blessing us with guests. And uh, like every week, I bring you an awesome guest. This is a repeat offender. Good brother of mine and uh, definitely got a real life love for him. Met him and uh, at G3 and was able to sit down and and talk to him and and, uh, definitely connected. Have on my brother, none other than Mr. Nate. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing good, Dwayne. How are you, man? Oh, man, I'm doing great, brother. Great to have you on. Um, We've been trying to get it going since the summer. And was able to finally make it happen, man. So, Nate, uh, you're a repeat offender, but I'm going to still get you to introduce yourself to my listeners, those that might have missed the first time around you was on the show. Sure. So I'm a pastor in Gilmanton Ironworks, New Hampshire, and I'm actually from the Northeast. I was born and raised in the town I'm in. I uh, planted a church here seven years ago uh, with my wife, Jessica. I have two young children, and uh, the Lord has allowed me to be able to preach and write and uh, speak and just uh, just engage in ministry, and it's been a lot of fun. So I I always enjoy uh, talking about ministry and projects I'm working on, and it's just been really really good. Right. And speaking of projects, man, you always we were talking before we started recording. You always got something going on, and I, I love yeah. that about you, man. And um, you know, you're always putting in work. 
always present online. Uh, I think that's where I actually originally found you. Um, and, uh, and, and I really appreciate that, man. So let's talk about the, I guess the most recent, you kind of mentioned it, most recent project, um, that you, you, you just got released, uh, and, and let, let's, uh, tell the audience what that is and, and talk about that a little bit. Sure. So the most recent thing I've done is, uh, reprinting a biography of, uh, the Puritan John Cotton. He was a pastor in Boston, uh, back in the early 1600s and, he came over from England, and so he had a titanic ministry in England, and then came here and had a bigger ministry here. And so he's just a, a faithful figure in church history. And so uh, I found an old biography written in the early or mid-1800s that no one's really read in quite a while. So I uh, edited that, sort of trimmed that down a bit. It was a lot larger, and I made it a little bit sh- shorter and easier to read. Uh, just put that out through H&E Publishing. Um, and that, those are fun. I, I enjoy doing reprints because uh, you get to take old work that probably hasn't been read in a while and sort of freshen it up and, and re-deliver it to a new audience. And, uh, you know, you really get to find some neat little gems uh, doing that. And so uh, very little of what I work on these days is my own work. I'm really just trying to give voice to other people who've written and just try to get the readership up for that. So uh, it's kind of coming in a wave of of work that I'm doing on the Puritans. Uh, so there's this biography that came out. And then in a couple of months, uh, H&E Publishing is also going to be relaunching uh, my American Puritan series. I started doing that a few years ago, but we actually are going to republish them. And then we have new titles that we're adding. And so that's going to come. Uh, and then next year, uh, Dustin Benj and I are putting out a book on the American Puritans, one that we've written just kind of giving some overviews, some biographical information of some of the key leaders of the, the Puritans that came over and settled in America. So uh, the next 12 months is just all Puritan stuff that we've been working on and just really neat things happening and uh, just really excited about uh, the chance to, to get my hands dirty on these topics and just have some fun. So, uh, But yeah, right now it's all John Cotton and that book is available through H&E. You can find it on Amazon and that's uh, a great little read. Nice, nice. So I, I don't want to assume, man, because, uh, a lot of people are discovering the bar, uh, or like I was discovering, you know, biblical theology, sound theology, and they may be, this may be the first episode and like they hear Puritan, they remember it from school. Uh, what would be a good, uh, definition when you say a Puritan for someone that, that, that does not know, uh, who or what they are? Sure. So historically, uh, Puritanism was a movement that took place in England from about 1560 to 1660. And that was a specific period of time, a specific event. So you have a lot of these uh, English Christians who are coming out of the Reformation. So the Reformation happens in England. Um, But what's happening is even though the Reformation comes and they're sort of weeding through um, some of the, the stuff with the Roman Catholic Church, they're finding that um, that the church itself is not being as reformed as they'd like it to be. There, it, a lot of things are still kind of, you know, being left over from the Roman Catholic Church. A lot of the, the practices and the, iconi- the iconography and a lot of the sort of the vestiges of Roman Catholicism are still there. So this group of believers uh, who are committed to the scriptures, who love the Lord Jesus Christ, um, they they begin to push for reform. And they want to purify uh, the Church of England. And so 
in the beginning, the word Puritan was a derogatory term. It was a slang term like, oh, you, you know, you grimy Puritan, you know, that kind of a thing. So um, that, that title stuck with them. But that whole period of time for that hundred years, you just see this emergence of these really strong, biblically minded, um, sanctified group of people who really love the Lord and are committed to that mission. So um, that takes place there. But then you sort of fast forward a little bit in the second half of this movement, sort of the early 1600s, a lot of those Puritans actually flee because they, you know, they become persecuted. So they have to go to Geneva, they have to go to Holland, they have to go to America. So a lot of them flee and come to the, to the uh, United States, what we now know to be the United States, and, and they plant themselves in New England, and so they minister there. So um, there, even though there's a historic movement that takes place in England, there really is kind of a spirit of Puritanism. You know, Jonathan Edwards is kind of regarded as sort of like a, you know, Puritan uh, in spirit. You know, people sometimes regard Charles Spurgeon as sort of a, a later Puritan. Even J.I. Packer is kind of regarded as like a modern day Puritan. So there is a spirit of it that really is focused on Reformed theology, uh, a, a focus on the text of Scripture, uh, a devotion to holiness and to godliness. Um, so many of the Puritans are uh, sort of derided. You know, popular culture does not uh, accept them. Um, the academic community, interestingly enough, has really redeemed them quite a bit. The last hundred years, we've seen a, a move away from a lot of the old myths, but these myths have not been dispelled in the popular culture just yet. So there's a huge movement to try to do that. And to, you know, certainly they're not perfect, but um, to sort of reclaim what's good about them and uh, and what's encouraging and what's edifying. So that's part of what I'm hoping to do, at least in some some small way. Right, right. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's good. That's that's a great uh, definition because I remember uh, early on. Um, I can't remember. It was like a Facebook thread, and someone was uh, either calling somebody a Puritan or trying to say somebody was a Puritan. And my my homeboy Luke Walker was like, uh, you know. You have to be born in this time period to be considered, you know, uh, uh, that, and I, that, and I thought, you know, then I didn't know what he meant, but you know, later on I found out. So glad you, you cleared that up, man. So you talked about finding, uh, that, that, uh, I guess that biography, autobiography, uh, how do you find those things? Like, like, are you like going through like old bookstores and what, what is that? What does that look like? Nate, help me out. Yeah, sure. So right now, I mean, Google Books has really been a, a blessing, not just Google Books, but there's even a, a website called archive.org, and you can find a whole bunch of old books. And the last 15 years or so, you know, a lot of uh, companies like Google and others have just gone through and they've been scanning uh, large volumes of, of material from, you know, from uh, from old days. And so we have a lot of these books available to us online so I do find stuff, you know, floating around online somewhere. Um, sometimes I do grab, you know, old books, and there have been some I've actually had to retype from hand. I mean, some of that stuff mm. you have to do on your own. But, you know, I just, I poke around. I read a lot. So, I mean, I'll, I'll be reading a book, just a general history, and I'll, I'll see a footnote, and I'll say, oh, you know, they'll, it'll just make one cursory reference to one book. And I'm like, I wonder where that book is, you know, and I'll mm. try to go track it down and, you just you just have to kind of be a, an investigator. You have to be sort of a sleuth and and uh, just look around. And you're just trying to find, you know, what what are some of the popular books that people used to read 200 years ago that nobody reads anymore? Um, right. I'll just give one example. There's even 
there's an, uh, a biography of a pastor named Edward Payson. Uh, he's a pastor that was up in Maine, you know, 200 years ago. Well, during that time period, um, it was the most read biography, like everybody in America was reading it. And then all of a sudden, people just stopped reading it. So nobody mm -hmm. reads it. Nobody even knows who he is anymore. But so it's like, you know, how do you go back and find these old bestsellers and great little books that are helpful and encouraging and sort of bring them back? And uh, there's all kinds of books like that. And there's just so much good material that's hidden and just kind of stuffed in the closet that it's good to find it and bring it back out, dust it off and, and give it to people again, you know? Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's cool, man. And, and the whole process of kind of, like you said, uh, like re, re map, I mean, re, I guess I, I want to think about idea remastering it, <laughs> like, like bringing, yeah. <laughs> bringing, it, bringing it back to life. Um, with, I, that, that's really cool. Cause I have a book, I can't even remember the name of it. Um, but someone gave it to me, but it was in like the original, like English and I was mm. struggling, Nate. I'm talking about, I, yeah. I tried four or five times to do that, man. So, uh, I, I myself appreciate people <laughs> that, that help make it, I guess, easier to read, uh, and stuff like that. So is that process tedious? Do, do you, do you actually do that? Or I know you say you're working with people doing that kind of thing. Yeah, I do a lot of it. I mean, uh, I mean, a lot of it is really just tedious. I mean, you just have to sit down. What I'll, you know, usually do is I'll, I'll find the document either online or by hand. And I just try to get like a raw text, you know, I want to just get it because, you know, sometimes, you know, when you copy and paste stuff, you lose mm -hmm. some characters in the, in the trend, you know, the translation, and you just have to make sure you have an original text. And so once I have that in my Word document, then I just go through and I just start reading it and I try to make sense of it. You know, what, what's the point? What are they trying to say? You know, how is the sentence structure working out? And, and I just try to smooth it over and make it make sense. Sometimes a lot of the older punctuation is really weird. The spelling is weird. There's we, there's words that they use that we don't use anymore. So I'll try to define those. A lot of the V's and the thou's, I'll, I'll change those. Not everybody likes when you do that, but I just find <laughs> it makes more sense to me when I do. So sure. I really just try to get into the book itself. And, you know, I told someone the other day, you know, the, the goal for me is to try to get into the writer's mind. And if so-and-so, if John Cotton, for example, were alive today and he was reading this book, would he be happy with what I've done to his book? Or would he be upset that I've changed so many things around? So I'm trying to like make these books sort of fit the modern convention of how we read books without mm -hmm. changing the style and the message of it. So it's, it's really organic. You just have to get into it and sort of play around. And it's hard to know that you hit it until you finish and say, well, I think that's readable. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, so it is really just, I, I guess it's a developing art form and I'm still learning how to do it. And hopefully the stuff I'm doing is helpful to the church. So yeah, it's fun. Awesome. Good deal, man. So here, here's a, a question. Um, and, uh, um, you know, I, I'm still like, I'm not a, a my, my listeners know I'm not a hardcore avid reader. Um, uh, I'm an audio guy. Um, hence podcast, but, uh, <laughs> I yeah. noticed that a lot of, a lot of pastors, uh, a lot of, uh, teachers that I like, they really, uh, enjoy and shout out and, you know, talk about, um, uh, biographies. What is that draw? I mean, I know you can't answer for them, but you know, what makes those so popular and, 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 you know, a lot of guys love to read, read those. 
Yeah, so I mean, if you think about the way that God writes the Bible, you know, so much of the Bible is stories. And right. it's not just stories for the sake of telling stories, but God uses history and he uses biographical narrative uh, to tell not just a story, but also to instruct and to teach. And it's a, a way for him to demonstrate his providence and his faithfulness and his work through the lives of people. So, because we identify really well with other people. So, mm. you know, so many times, even in the wilderness wanderings, or even beyond when they when Israel gets established in the land, so often you read in the Bible, God says, remember when I brought you out of Egypt? Remember when I you crossed the Red Sea? And, and he's always pointing them backwards to history. And so he still works in those kinds of ways today. And so for believers, you know, we we draw strength from that. You know, we get to read, especially if a person's already been gone, you know, their life can kind of stand up against history. We can evaluate them. They're not still in process. You know, they're already, you know, uh, they've already passed on from this life and gone to the next one. So, you know, looking back, you get to see God's hand in a person's life and you get to see their struggles. You get to see uh, how God has delivered them. You see their faith. You see their testimony. Uh, mm. So testimony is really, really powerful. You know, even today, someone gives a testimony of how God saved them. It has a really powerful effect. And so when you get to read the life of someone else, especially Christians, um, you really get to learn quite a bit. It can be inspiring. It can be comforting. It can be instructive. Um, so really, biography, at least for me, that's what it does for me, is it really helps me to identify and say, you know, if if God is faithful with so many other Christians, just like he says he's going to be in the Word, he, he's going to be faithful to me too. And so I, I get to connect and, and, uh, and draw strength from that. So yeah, biography is really, really powerful. Christian history is really powerful uh, to help do that. Um, just one caveat, you know, it's certainly not divine revelation, uh, right. but it is a test. It's a testimony to God's faithfulness in the church, and so that's why I love it. Right, right, yeah, and that's uh, and, and I'm glad you brought that up. You know, I, I I don't imagine you know people that I know that that love you know biographies. I don't imagine them taking it as inerrant or you know, uh, like you said, uh, actual scripture. But sure. um, it's it's good to know uh, that you can gain those things, you know, testimonies, um, their life experiences, encouragement. That that's really good to know. That you actually you you made me want to read one now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got one for sale on Amazon. No, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but just, yeah, just even one little other note too. I mean, I think sometimes we can do this wrong too. I think it's possible mm. to put people like John Calvin or Martin Luther or Charles Spurgeon on a pedestal and really mm -hmm. elevate them to a, to some sort of uh, unnatural sainthood. And mm -hmm. I think that's also dangerous too, but I, I think good biography and good testimony is honest about their lives. You know, every single person in church history all the way back through the Bible is a sinner and they all have problems and they all did things that they're not proud of and things that history has judged them harshly for. And, you know, that that's all going to be there. They have clay feet as they say. Mm -hmm. um, but there, there is still value. There's still value in learning from them and, and drawing strength from, from seeing the hand of God in their life. So I think, you know, you can fall into two ditches there. You can fall into just disregarding them completely because they did wrong things, or you can put them on a pedestal and have a, a an untrue and unnatural way to look at their life. But I think if there's, if you can divide it out rightly and really take from them uh, what's good, I think it can be really helpful. Sure, sure. That's a great, uh, great 
breakdown of that. Um, because like you said, there, there are two sides, you know, yeah. there, there are two ditches. I like that. Um, and, 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 you know, a lot of people like to discredit, you know, the whole work because of sin, but you know, it, it, every, Every character, like you said, all the way back to the Bible, besides Jesus, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. dealt with the the sin issue. So I'm glad you you cleared that up. That was really really cool, really dope. So right here, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back. What's up, folks? I'm sitting here drinking my coffee from my friend Stephen Miraguri, who's originally from Kenya and now owns a coffee import company working directly with farmers from Kenya. Most of you know Kenya is widely known for some of the best coffee in the world. Here is your opportunity to enjoy the same very smooth and sweet cup of coffee as I am enjoying. You head on over to KenyaCoffee.store and order some for yourself and sit down with me in the next podcast and enjoy a cup of Kenyan coffee. Again, go to KenyaCoffee.store to order today. All right, we're back in here with... Uh, my man, Nate dog. Uh, you remember that picture? <laughs> <laughs> so funny thing that, uh, that was a nickname of mine when I was in high school, back when Nate dog and Warren it. G were big. That's, yeah. I don't think people called me that because they thought I was cool, but they just, they couldn't think of anything it went else. Together. I got yeah. Called. yeah. Oh yeah. So I got called <laughs> Nate dog, you know, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Nate dog and Warren G. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh yeah. They got to yeah. regulate, man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, I, you, I guess that you means don't think get, I know. I know, man. I, I, I know how this all is. I see is. you know. Yeah. I see. <laughs> you definitely you, you caught me off guard, Nate. Ain't going yeah. front, ain't going front. You caught me off guard. So I, I was uh, gonna say, I'm I guess uh, Gabriel. I've got, got bars, man. I've got bars. Got bars. Don't, don't tempt me. Don't tempt me. <laughs> hey, well, you, you're talking to the master beatboxer. Don't, I I go ahead and drop a beat. Now. I I done it all my life on the school bus. You oh, know, that's nothing. good. That's good. Oh my goodness, that's so Look, funny. I was gonna say, uh, 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 Gabriel Hughes must be Warren G, you know, from that picture, you know. Oh, so. there you go. There you go. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh yeah. my goodness, that's so funny. Yeah, man. Warren G. Look, well, speaking of, uh, Nate Dogg and Warren G, um, <laughs> <laughs> last time you was on the show, you answered the signature, signature questions, but it's been a while, oh. so I'm gonna still give them to you. And, uh, we know your first one, you like, uh, West Coast gangster music. Uh, what, what other kind of music do you like to listen to? Oh, my word. So yeah, for sure. When I was younger, I, I was into, uh, to rap music. And, uh, I mean, I even still like a lot of the sort of, I guess the, the, the reformed rap. I mean, a lot yeah. of stuff was really, really helpful to me. Uh, even just coming in, into the faith and I was really encouraged by so much of that. It was just theology set to a beat and it was really good. I still, mm-hmm. I still appreciate a lot of it. Uh, I've really gotten into a lot of the the modern hymns, and uh, I've really tried to get away from a lot of the the newer uh, creations of music that's not necessarily biblical. Like it might be emotive, it might be spiritual, but you know, I want to have good theology in my music. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed so many of the older hymns, the modern hymns that are written well. But anything that anything that glorifies God is is good in my ears. So yeah, there's, there's good stuff out there. Sweet, sweet. All right. So, um, it's a kind of funny question. What book or books are you currently reading? Let's see. What am I reading right now? Uh, actually, I'm reading. So, 
a lot of my reading is tied to either what I'm working on for a project or what mm -hmm. I'm discipling through in our church. And so I lead a men's theology study. I've taught through theology several times, but every now and then we'll take a break. And so right now our group is reading uh, Holiness by J.C. Uh, Ryle. So we're working through that book. That's a great book. I highly recommend that book. And then I'm also uh, doing some leadership training, and we're working through Albert and Martin's uh, book on pastoral theology. Uh, so mm. that's a great resource. If you've never seen that resource, uh, just came out a couple years ago. There's a three-volume series, and the first two are out now. But uh, Albert Martin's just a, a diamond in the rough. His stuff is really good. So those are two books I'm reading right now that have been really, really helpful. Awesome. All right. So last signature bar question, what podcasts or sermons do you listen to, if any, or have you been listening to, I should say? Yeah, so I had to sadly admit this last time I was on. Still? Uh, I don't listen to I, – I, yeah, I, I really – I have a hard time listening to stuff only because uh, I'm so busy. Like if I'm in my office, I'm I'm studying – uh, I used to have a commute to work, and I'd listen to sermons, you know, for two hours a day. But I just don't have that time. I mean, I go right from the office to the house. But uh, when I do listen to sermons, I enjoy listening to, you know, John MacArthur. Uh, I always love listening to him preach. Um, sometimes someone will send me a good thing. Uh, but I have, I have picked up your podcast. I picked up uh, uh, Daryl and uh, and Verge's podcast. Just yeah, thinking, yeah. Um, you know, I, some usually someone will just send me a link to something they've heard and. I might not subscribe all the time, but I will listen, you know, but uh, I always appreciate anything that's uh, biblical and edifying. And well, I mean, yours is biblical and reformed, so you can't, yeah. can't go wrong there. <laughs> but, uh, anything that's edifying is, is, is good for me. So. Gotcha. Okay. Good deal. All right, man. So, uh, you know, the old saying is time flies when uh, you're having fun. Um, we're ready to slide out, man. But I wanted to uh, first, is there anything else you want to kind of touch on before we get ready to close out? Yeah, I mean, I can't think of anything uh, that's sort of big on my mind, but I just uh, I just really appreciate the work that you're doing, Dwayne. And I uh, I know that you and I, you said this at the beginning of the podcast, so, you know, we've known each other offline as well. And I know that even when stuff was going down, uh, we were talking about even some of the, the sensitive issues around social justice. Mm -hmm. You know, you and I talked on the phone and you were really helpful and encouraging to me, just uh, thinking through issues and being encouraging in the faith. And so I, I'll never forget that. I, I'll always cherish that. And uh, I just appreciate your friendship and, and your support. And uh, so it's it's always good to come on and talk to you and just talk about uh, how best to glorify God through the work that we're doing. Awesome, man. I really appreciate that, man. That that means a lot. And listeners, I did not pay him to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, still waiting man. for some bar merch, man. I'm waiting uh, for some. I see all these hats and T-shirts, and I'm like, yeah, man, I want to. Yeah, you just got to go to bargear.com. You know, like you sent me to Amazon <laughs> earlier. Yeah, that's, that's where oh, you Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, gotta, I have to score something somewhere because I want to get a couple of pictures and I want to support the bar. So, I yeah, absolutely. That. Good deal, man. Good deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, brother, again, thank you for uh, taking time out of your schedule to to come on the show, man. And uh, always, always a pleasure talking to you um and 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 really appreciate you to the bar listeners appreciate you guys turning in to the bar every tuesday your favorite podcast make sure you check out everything we got going on at the bar that means the bar network that's right every day of the week we got something for you monday pastor's discussion tuesday the bar of course wednesday just thinking 
Thursday, Mario Esco Live, and Friday, B-A-R-S, Bars, Biblical Reform Spitters with my man T. Barlow. And on every other Saturday, we have Truth and Fire, the podcast. Make sure you guys go to thebarpodcast.com, subscribe to the Bar Podcast, as well as go to thebargear.com, pick you up some bar gear, actually buy some and send some to Nate so he can rock some bar gear and uh, get some pictures in it and all that good stuff, man. Till next time, God bless you guys. We love you, and we are out. What's up, bar listeners? It's finally here, the bar exclusive content. Yes, that's right. You can sign up to receive exclusive content as low as $2 a week or $5 a month, $50 for the year to get exclusive content. What is the exclusive content? I'm glad you asked. The exclusive content is additional information from my guests, extra time with them in like the green moon setting, laid back, them asking me questions, I ask them questions, and also the Facebook group. You get an invitation to the Facebook group where we will have discount codes for the bar gear and many many more make sure you sign up the links in the show notes join the vip inside the bar group and we'll see you there